Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 75 of the Unknown Comics Podcast. I'm Brandon. Tanner's back with me hey. this week. How are you doing, Tanner? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Uh, happy to have you here. So, so Darren and Chris are in London, England right now. Across the pond. Across the pond for the uh, Star Wars celebration. We we have a. This is our second Star Wars celebration in as many years to uh, to have a booth. Of course, last year's was in Anaheim. That was an easy trip, relative. <laughs> now they're now they're in London, so they they ship some product to a, a a friend store that we have there, and kind of packed what they could for booth decoration. We can't take grid wall and stuff like that. He didn't want to drop ship grid wall. No, no, <laughs> no not worth it. Um, so uh, Chris actually sent us picture sent me pictures of what the booth looks like. Looks pretty good, and uh, they're getting ready to uh, to do that. So it is, you know, as we record this, it is uh, seven o four p.m. Uh, London time or our time central, uh, London being six hours ahead of us. Um, so it is currently 1 a.m. there. Um, so I asked Chris and Darren if they wanted to, to call into the podcast. Uh, they told me no, what it's like, like 1 a.m. is late or something, just... especially since they have to be to the uh, the event at 7 a.m. their time. Uh, so live on the edge a little. Yeah, they got to be there in like six hours it's or something fine. like that. Everything's they're, fine. They're it's not like they have a ton of product, they'll be fine. Um, so they'll be at Star Wars Celebration. We are unveiling. We do have a, a uh, exclusive uh, that we're that we're doing that. I guess I could I could actually just do this. So, so yeah. So Chris and Darren at, at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we are unveiling a, an exclusive for Star Wars Celebration uh, while we're there. I uh, can't say too much about it. They uh, they they want us to be very tight lips, so no leaks or or anything about it. But it's really cool. Um, and it is Star Wars related. Uh, um, last year's Star Wars Celebration exclusive was our David Nakayama Obi Wan variant. Okay, cool. The with the white background. Okay. So we we had already we had already done the exclusive, or or he had already done the exclusive with somebody else. Anyway, we got the white variant with the Celebration logo on the back. Um, I'm assuming this one. Actually, no, I did see the back. It has the the 2023 Europe. Celebration logo. So apparently, celebration is not a yearly thing. It just so happened that they they did the North American one in twenty two. The European one is now twenty three. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is another American one until twenty five. Okay, is the is the next stateside uh, celebration? If I'm if I'm thinking correctly. So, um, but uh, but they're there. Um, so that is going on right now. So hopefully, uh, Chris and Darren will be back next week. We don't, I don't know <laughs> who knows. Um, but anyway, other stuff we've got going on, uh, cause we don't have another show until June. I believe, I believe Dallas is next. That's a pretty good little break there though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darren may end up picking up a couple of little shows here and there, you know, kind of on the East coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we've got anything until, until fan expo Dallas, which is, which is in June. Um, so and but it's like bam bam it's like Fan Expo Dallas and then Heroes Con in Charlotte, I believe is next, and I can't remember what's after that. Yeah, uh, they're so, back to back in the summer. Yeah, um, I think Vegas, Vegas is after that. Amazing is coming up after that. So uh, pretty pretty big summer um, of of shows, and that's just shows that unknown's going to be at. Whether or not Chris and Darren go with artists right. as their artist rep. That that may happen too. So, um, we've got a, a pretty good size buy two get one free sale going on uh, our website right now. So if you go to unknowncomicbooks.com, uh, you can you can catch all the buy two 
buy two get one free exclusives there we do even have some of what we have left of our con exclusives because we just finished c2e2 and megacon last week mm-hmm. um a bunch of those con exclusives are still available. So we do have those on the website. Uh, some of those are part of the buy two, get one free. Um, so you definitely want to, uh, I believe the, the, the amazing Spider-Man, uh, the white, uh, color bleeds and, uh, his Scarlet, Witch three David's Scarlet, Witch three, and then the Zerdy, uh, Psylocke are, uh, are all on the, uh, the website right now so, so did, did you hear if traffic was affected at either show being that they were the same weekend you know um honestly i i haven't touched base with darren or chris afterwards um i know megacon was a was the bigger show of the two. Oh, i could have guessed uh, that, that it, but but megacon was happening at its normal time yeah um c2e2 huge guest list too yeah uh c2e2 was the one that kind of moved into its time slot i'm assuming for some kind of scheduling issue i believe c2e2 is in february next year that's more when it usually is. So I think I think was. so. I the only thing I can think of is they had some some issues scheduling it, um, and that's why it moved. But man, the same weekend as MegaCon was just that's rough. <laughs> it was just rough, especially like for us. You know, I mean, we pretty much took all of our artists to MegaCon, right? Um, because it was going to be the, the the larger of the two shows. So uh, so anyway, check out the website unknowncomicbooks.com. And, uh, and yeah, so we've got, uh, we do have some exclusives we're dropping tomorrow. Um, if you want to see our new exclusives that we drop every week before anywhere else, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel and, uh, I post the, this week at unknown video where we show off all of the partner exclusives that we released in the past week. And then all of, uh, the unknown exclusives, uh, that we're releasing for the next week. So definitely check that out. Tanner, my man, what have you, no, no, yeah, yeah, what, I had to make sure I had the right topic up. What have you been up to this week, nerd-wise? Uh, I, I was fairly busy in the hobby department. Nice. Uh, I've been printing a dungeon, so uh, my printer's been running about nonstop, um, getting all the little floor tiles and walls and stuff yeah. done. Um, I've been putting together a Tau boarding party list. And I got my first little Leonard drones painted. Nice. Um, that that's really it, nerd wise. It's been kind of crazy at our house. Haven't been watching anything. No, we've been doing kids' birthday parties and ah, all that yeah, sort yeah. of jazz. All that jazz. Cool. So, how much? How much? Like, how big a dungeon can you make from what you've printed so far? Would you say? Um. The section that I'm working on is... Uh, These are like one inch by one inch grid type tiles too? They are... They're two inch by two inch. It would be a four by four square. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so, so I am, I would say 80% done with the first half of what I have planned for this one. Yeah. You walk into a great room with two side rooms. Yeah. And that's what I have printed so far. And then you'll go into an even bigger great room with four side rooms. Okay. It's a pretty decent size, but it's, I mean, once I get a good stock of pieces, I can make as big as yeah. you can imagine. Just super modular, just a wall just goes up against the floor. It's not like Yeah, a wall. they have these little, um, they all, they're just little plastic clips. Okay. They clip together. You nice. can magnetize them if you wanted to, but it's 100% modular. Nice. Are you going to paint them up? Are you just going to quick kind of slap chop dry brush them? And... Yeah, I'll prime them black, dry brush them gray, call it good. Yeah. Nice. That's the way to do it. 
Awesome. Well, this week, what all have I done this week? Um, I did not watch today's episode of Picard, so I'm technically behind on Picard. Uh, I did watch Mandalorian last night, and uh, I can I can definitely say that uh, the the titular character of the Mandalorian is changing. I I honestly I firmly believe that Din Djarin probably will not be the main character in future seasons if this series by name continues. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think they're kind of, they're kind of moving. I mean, I, it's hard to say, uh, but they're the, I think like I said, and I think I said this last week, I think they're really starting to move the series into just about the Mandalorians in general mm-hmm. and kind of what they're, what they're experiencing and stuff like that. Um, lots of cameos this week. Um, don't want to spoil that. I had one of them spoiled for me um, just because I have a, a news app on my phone called Flipboard, and I, I need to be better about not checking that stupid thing because <laughs> what it does is it like prefetches the news articles. Yeah, and so what may be just a, a title link on something, well, it, it goes and searches the article for an image to pull it in to kind of attach with it to make it look like a magazine article. Yeah, and it'll pull an image from further down the article. And like it'll after, be the spoiler. It'll image. be like a spoiler image or something. You know, they'll say don't scroll past this, but the 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 app pulls it out for me. And so I can't like be super mad, but I can be a little mad um, <laughs> that, you know, it's like, can you wait 24 hours before you post this stuff? But right. they won't because they want to be the first ones to post it and, and all that jazz. They so. want their clicks too. Yes. I know. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, caught up on that. I'm, I'm enjoying the season. Probably not my favorite season. Um, I definitely think the first season is still probably the hallmark of the Mandalorian, but, uh, uh, pretty good. I I'm, I'm enjoying seeing more Mandalorian story arcs. Um, my daughter's trying to get me caught back up on bad batch. I watched a couple more episodes this week. Some episodes are just hard to get through. They're just, I just want to fall asleep. Um, but, uh, it, it's okay. Like I know there's, there's the thing is, is there's reward for watching it, but there, there's yeah. big nuggets of, of kind of the overarching, uh, you wait till it's over, and then someone will release a a show breakdown Just a recap of video. which ones, which episodes you need to watch to get the main plot yeah. points. But my daughter wants to watch them, wants me to be caught up and and to to wax poetic about it. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, there's did that um, hobby wise. I mean, I technically hobbied. I made miniatures. You did. And if you're watching the video version, I'll show you. Uh, my miniatures look like this. Those are the most painted miniatures I've ever seen of yours. <laughs> this is there is no gray primer on this. This is all this is full color. It is. Uh, I'm proud. So, so you can't say I put anything black and white. Yeah, granted, they're they're miniature or they're paper um, or cart. Yeah, kind of heavy duty paper, but they're about to be little trifold miniatures. So uh, Tanner and I last week we played a, a game called Age of Fantasy, which is pretty much a knockoff uh, Age of Sigmar um, using pretty much generic whatever you want to bring miniatures and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it is a blast it's simple uh we had a good time there's like a campaign way you can play through it um uh, and like a, a loose unit skirmish so we're 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 diving in um you actually played it with your your boy uh-huh. um your five-year-old six six-year-old um and uh he had a good time playing it um we're gonna we're gonna start our campaign lists and uh and do that uh after after we wrap the show tonight so 
we did release a new episode of Reaper's Creepers this week. You did? Um, what did y'all talk on about? On Monday, we talked about um, uh, Lizzie Borden. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned y'all were going to y'all were gonna talk about her, so. Which, we, we don't do anything live. It's all pre-recorded and audio only, but you can find us on any of the uh, podcast platforms. Funny fact, when I was a little kid, I was convinced that the story of Lizzie Borden had to do with the uh, dairy plant that was here in Amarillo. <laughs> uh, like Borden Dairies. Yeah. Because we had the Borden plant by my house growing up um, here in Amarillo. And, uh, That's funny. And I just, I for some reason, I thought that story had to do with that. And then, the haunted you know, ex-murdering dairy yeah, plant. Yeah, and, and kind of find out it's 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 not about that at all. <laughs> I, was, I was completely wrong. So, so yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I've been pretty much geeking out on playing Age of Fantasy. Um, and then... Uh, Still playing Total War. Still on my campaign. I'm probably added another 40 turns. I'm up to turn 220 uh, of, of this game. And I'm getting close. I'm, I'm, I've almost healed all the forests. once Because I'm playing Wood Elves in Total War. Once I heal all the forests, I'll get all my beefy armies and I'll converge them on the... Cause so when you play Immortal Empires, the, the big main campaign, it generates like a random end game. Okay scenario um so this one is the the black the black pyramid of nagash so you you, you beat that and it and then that's, you complete your yeah. campaign basically so there there are there are like short-term campaign goals there's long-term campaign goals that give you kind of bonuses as you go and then there's two different campaign endings there's your normal campaign ending which for mine is just like occupying a ton of different settlements or raising them really. okay um that's boring this one is actually destroying the Kimri and just de- destroying the the Black Pyramid of okay. Nagash, which is really cool. So, um, so hopefully, like I said, I can I only sit down and play like a couple of turns at a time, um, but uh, but yeah, having a lot of fun with that. So, there we go. Our main topic tonight uh, is uh, I, I mentioned earlier. I I was trying to think of a topic for tonight and I actually looked down at my, my 10 of swords unknown shirt um, and, uh, and came up with this topic of our top three favorite fictional swords, whether they be magical, powerful, or just iconic um, pretty much ran, ran the gamut. Um, so uh, I didn't have any uh, particular rules with this one. It just pretty much had to be a sword. Um, so we'll go ahead and, uh, Get moving along with Tanner's number three, Longclaw. Longclaw from Game of Thrones. Um, so this was who? Whose was Longclaw's? It was originally uh, J.R. Mormont's. It was the Mormont family sword. Okay. Uh, and then when he, basically, when John kind of earned his place underneath him in the Night's Watch, he had the bear on the pommel replaced yeah. with a wolf and gave it to John. That's right. That's right. Um, because who ended up getting ice after Ned was... It was reforged into two swords, and right. Jamie ended up with one, and I think Joffrey ended up with the other. That's right. Yeah, that was that was the insult, was that they melted down yeah. ice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's not anything particularly special about Longclaw. It's just a Valerian steel sword. Yeah. But I can say, out of all these swords in Game of Thrones... Uh, off the top of my head, without having to look them up, the only two that I can remember the name of is Longclaw and Needle. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I, I would definitely say it's one of the mo- most iconic swords from the show. Yeah, well, they, just the just the pommel alone. Yeah, and they mentioned several of the other swords throughout the series, but you don't really realize how important they are to the story. Yeah, um, compared to how the books yeah. make them, you know, definitely. Um, yeah, it's John's always my he's he's probably my favorite character throughout the majority of the series because. Uh, Rob Stark died so early. Yeah. He was definitely my favorite, but alas. <laughs> he ended up getting a dog yeah. put on his head. All right. Well, moving on to my number three, uh, the Ivory Dragon Katanas. Actually, there's actually more than one. Uh, both both McLeod's Duncan and Connor had one, but the, uh, the Dragon Katanas from Highlander, which I believe Connor's actually was... Ramirez's sword first. Um, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I believe uh, Ramirez, who was played by Sean Connery, gave uh, Connor his sword or, or had him for, had had one forged very similar to it, which is hilarious that, you know, in in the mythos of Highlander, uh, I guess it I guess it speaks to just how um, how good katanas are in the in the pantheon of swords is that a spaniard and a scottish highlander both end up using <laughs> japanese katanas uh, or two two scottish highlanders uh, end up using japanese katanas uh, as opposed to their their native cultures right you'd think a spanish immortal would have like a rapier like you, a, a fencing type think, sword yeah or and you know that a scottish would have claymore or you know a bastard sword of some sort long sword um no nope katanas that's funny all the way the mcleods had katanas um but had that very you know kind of a lot like uh long claw that very distinct pommel that had yeah. the, the 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 ivory dragon head um and both both connor and uh duncan duncan used it so yeah my number three the highlander dragon katana moving on to i didn't mean to do this thing there but that's fine <laughs> i did it anyway moving on to tanner's number two so i had a hard time picking a single sword from this universe from the warhammer 40k universe just warhammer in general because there's the sword of Cain. yep there's the sword that um almost killed taurus yes there's fulgrim's demon sword yep um but i ended up going with the emperor's sword okay um, it, which doesn't really have a, a specific name it's just his sword well, the, I mean, the, in that world, that would be a name, though, since yeah. he's basically a god at this yeah. point. So, uh, but yeah, it's just called the Emperor's Sword. He forged it using his psychic powers along with his forgery skills uh, and actually wielded it during the, uh, the Great Crusade and the Horse Heresy. Yep. Um, it is actually one of the few swords, I think, in 40K that is not a power sword. It is a force. Um. Well, they had four swords. Librarians could have four swords. Yeah. Which were like the psychic power yeah. swords. But yeah, this is definitely, it's magic. Yeah. Um, it flames up and everything when you use it. and um, It is one of the few weapons that can grant, that you can truly kill a demon with and not just banish it back to the warp. Right. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. So who has the Emperor Sword now? Gilliman. Gilliman does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call uh, uh Belisarius Call had it for the 10,000 years. Okay. Uh, and he just kept it in a vault and then when Gilliman was resurrected he was given it. Gotcha. Cuz that's what Call does. Is he hides stuff. <laughs> 
and doesn't tell anybody until he's like, hey, guess oh, what I have? Do you need all these space marines? Guess what? I have all these space marines. <laughs> Better late than never, man. That's all I got to say. All right, moving to my number two, and that is uh, the uh, the Sword of Power, or Power Sword. It's technically the Sword of Power uh, from uh, Masters of the Universe. I couldn't put it all in the title without squishing it, so I abbreviated Motu on the video. Uh, but anyway, uh, it is the sword that He-Man raises into the air and calls out and changes into He-Man with. Um, and it's the sword that Skeletor tries to get his hands on. Uh, can't do there. There there's kind of different, there's different lore behind the, the sword, the, the, the power sword, um, in the original filmation cartoon that most people are familiar with, there was just the power sword and that's what he man had. Mm -hmm. That's what he changed with. That's what Skeletor tried to get because it was the, it was the key to gray skull and all this stuff. Um, in the comics, the little comics they did and the figures, you know, and the little lore bits you get with the figurines and stuff. Um, and in other fiction, uh, there were actually two power swords. There were Skeletor's and then there was He-Man's. And when you combine them, they became okay the, the, the main power sword. Um, and uh, so like when you bought the, the actual figures, the original figures, you only got half of a sword. Yeah, like he could, he man could still hold it, and you kind of faced out the actual like yeah. sculpted side, but the other side was flat and had like a little notch in it. Yeah, and then Skeletor's was purple, so He Man's was gray. Skeletor's was purple, the exact same cast, but it had a notch in it. Uh huh. And so you could get it together, but plastic in the 1980s, um, they like over time, and in the video you'll see this, but they would just start to kind of pull apart. Yeah. And so like you'd put them together and they would never come together. And, and then you could make, you could actually make them hold the whole thing. Um, and then like they had, you know, the toys, you had different colorations and stuff. Some would glow, some were, you know, some were blue. Every little gimmick they could think of. To oh yeah. Buy it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. So growing up, I mean, that was just iconic. I had a plastic, you know, toy power sword um, growing up. And it had like the little He-Man vest that I could wear. I always just had swords in general. I mean, in uh, when I was in middle school, I fenced competitively. So oh, yeah. I've always been a sword guy. Like at AC? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. There was like a Hungarian fencing teacher that we had here for the longest time uh, here in Amarillo. Yeah. If I, I remember right. He did a few like workshops for us. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Um, I always knew there was fencing here. I just never did it. Um, but yeah, no, I just like growing up, it was just like, yeah, it was that. So I, my struggle was, is I, I had a bunch of favorite cartoon swords. My other favorite one is the sword of omens from Thundercats. Mm -hmm. And so I had to choose which one was more favorite. Uh, the sword of omens is, was just pretty BA. I mean, it had a lot of special features. One, you could stow it as a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and then it grew and you could signal all the other Thundercats and, uh, and you could, you could piss Mumra off with it. And, uh, it, it was cool too. Still not as cool as the power sword though, just because it's He-Man. So, so that was my number two. All right, Tanner, you're number one. I could have done this whole subject and just looked at swords from Middle Earth. Yeah. Middle Earth has a ton of swords. Um, but uh, this is probably, I would have to say, Narsil uh, is probably the most famous of all. Sting, I think Sting just because you it has the most 
Screen time. Screen time or or book time. Uh just because the main protagonist's sword. Right. Uh, but uh Narsil's definitely, I would say, the most important to the plot. Yes. And uh and it's not it's not anything special. It's not. It, it's now I do think that in some of the uh appendices where Tolkien's just talking about his universe, I, I do think he says something that swords grew in power as their fame grew kind of almost the way the warp works yeah like just the the fame itself was a power behind it um but and it 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 technically was just a regular old steel sword yeah um probably why i picked it as my favorite is i think you can metaphorically tell the whole story in the story of the sword okay because it the at least the gist of the theme. Yeah. So the theme of the story is ordinary people defeating evil. Okay. And it's an ordinary sword that even when broken still defeated the evil. Yeah. And then was reforged into something better. That that ended up defeating de- completing yeah. the the defeat, right? You know, Aragorn uh wielding Anduil and uh and somewhat Kind of putting it, I mean, really Frodo ended it, but when he destroyed the ring. But really Sam ended it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Sam's the, Sam's the champion. Uh, so, yeah. So, Narsil, uh, not... So, <laughs> I was telling this story uh, to Tanner earlier. Um, one of our one of my bosses at work, uh, he actually has uh, a replica of Anduil in his office. Um, and... Uh, and people, people are like, oh, is that the sword from Lord of the Rings? And he's like, yes. And they're like, oh, Narsil. No. <laughs> and, he, and like, if you ever meet Chuck, he's you would not think he would be a Lord of the Rings nerd like he is, but he is, and he knows way more about it. You know, I feel the same way about it. Um, also, like when people refer to Daenerys Targaryen as Khaleesi, like her name. I'll have to, like, actually, that's a title. That's not her name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be like calling somebody queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was the... And then everybody named their daughter Khaleesi. And then <laughs> they just named her their daughter after a psychopath. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie. So, all right, my number one. Uh, it's a sword. I'm going to call it right now. They're just laser swords. I mean, and, saber is a sword. Yes, it's in the name. So this, so you had a hard time picking a sword from uh, Lord of the Rings. I had a hard time picking a lightsaber from Star Wars, uh, but I ended up landing on on Darth Vader's lightsaber. Um, it is, I mean, for the longest time in the original trilogy, it's the only red one you ever saw. Yeah. Um, which technically you only ever saw three lightsabers, really. Anyway, but um, it just it had an iconic color. Um, you know, so much so that they ended up associating that color with the evil side of the force. Right. Yeah. I, I'm sure maybe it wasn't as intentional when Lucas wrote the original trilogy that they then kind of just kind of grew into Canon. Right. There's yeah. just a lot of things that way. Um, if you ever, if you've ever held a replica of his saber, uh, it is the wonkiest like layout of saber. Uh-huh. There's no symmetry to it. Um, it's got weird buttons and knobs and stuff in stupid places. Like I can, Im- I can't imagine actually fighting with it. Yeah. It just, it just feels weird. Um, and that is because of, you know, what Lucas chose to yeah. prop 
or the, what Lucas's prop masters used. He's trying to make it look sci-fi. Well, it's it's part of a it's part of a, a camera flash. Okay. Yeah. The 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 two the two lightsabers you see um, in the original series, Luke's being the exception, are are modified camera flashes, mm-hmm. uh, Graflex camera flashes, and they just kind of modified them. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to say that word. Uh, and so you can tell, like, there's there's very there's a lot of similarities between the Skywalker lightsaber, the blue one, uh, and Vader's because they're they're both kind of modeled after they they were different models of Flash. Yeah, but uh, you Which can. Kind of, I mean, story wise, it makes sense also. Yeah, that he would he would build a second one to be similar, um, and then eventually, like like I said, as the canon grew, the lore as to why they're red, you know, comes to play that it's 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 typically a, a kyber crystal that you kill and you essentially torture the crystal. Now that wasn't red. the original, the original Lords. They were synthetic. Yes. Kyber crystals. They were synthetic. They were, they came from the Sith home world and that was the only place you could find them. That's why the Sith had red. But now kind of the current Disney canon is it's it. You basically kill. Yeah. And you torture the, 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 the crystal into becoming red, um, which yeah, that's cool. Very Sith wise, I don't care. It was it was just cool. Um, you know the uh, the only reason that Luke's second saber is green is so the audience would understand that it's not the same one as from the first oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which if you go back and you watch the original, like before he kind of before the special editions, before he did a lot of the remastering, like even before the first VHS remasters. Honestly, and if you watch A New Hope, they're white. Yeah. Their their color was like they could only put so much color into him. It got better in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, uh, he was able to add more color to him to differentiate him more. But but if you if you watch the original theatrical release, they really had no color to him whatsoever. Um, but uh, you know, and you never really see Vader be a, a complete ba with his lightsaber uh, up until recently, until Rogue One Rogue and One, Andor yeah. or was it Andor? No, uh, Obi Wan. Uh, that you finally get to see him use that, that red saber and, and be menacing and be awesome. Uh, but anyway, that's my number one. It's Vader's saber. So thank you for coming down this journey of our top three favorite swords. What are your top three favorite swords? Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, leave it in the comments. Um, or, uh, or yeah, just let us know what, 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 what makes your top three, uh, favorite fictional swords and, uh, let us know. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for episode 75 of the Unknown Comics Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube or uh, listening to us on your your favorite audio podcast app, uh, if you would like to join us live and join in the conversation, you can. We record uh, Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch uh, all live. Um like I said, though, uh, if you're if you're watching us live and you can't catch us live that week, uh, we are on YouTube and uh, anywhere you get audio podcasts. Uh, Tanner has a podcast as well. It's Reapers Creepers. Uh, he and his wife talk about horror movies, talk about uh, urban legends, talk about folklore, paranormal, fol- all the all the all, spooky stuff, all the weird spooky stuff. Uh, uh, Reapers Creepers, and uh, you can find a link in the uh, show notes or in the in the. YouTube comments as well on how you can find 
this podcast or just search Reapers Creepers. I'm pretty sure you're going to find it. So uh, again, don't forget to uh, head over to unknowncomicbooks.com. Uh, we've got a ton of uh, awesome deals going on right now. We've got our buy two, get one free sale. Uh, we got Star Wars celebration happening. So be keeping an eye out on our social medias and everything for all the the releases that we've got or the, the convention exclusive we've got coming out of that. And then just all the other stuff we've got going. Uh, Tanner, thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having and, me. And uh, we'll... Well, I'll continue to keep having you back on just because I like having you on. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you. Have a great day or whatever, whenever you listen. Be good. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>